meditation seems like such a scary word to me, probably because I don't think I'm good at meditation. And then you tell me that you can meditate with your kids. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I quickly changed my tune after talking to this week's guest, Thajal V. Patel. She has a book called Meditation for Kids, 40 Activities to Manage Emotions, Ease Anxiety, and Stay Focused. And I have to say, in what we're experiencing today, we need meditation in our lives, and so do our kids. Find out how you can practice the right way and the non-scary way by listening to this week's episode. Blondin Professional Real Estate is a family-owned boutique-style brokerage with over 40 years' experience serving the counties that surround St. Louis. See how their approach to real estate will help you by visiting blondinrealestate.com. What happens when you put a career-focused woman with two kids trying to balance home and work life in a room with a microphone? Lots of laughter, tears, and great advice. I'm Jill Devine, and welcome to Two Kids and a Career. I would like to welcome someone who I know I need in my life right now, and I think so many others need in their lives right now. I also want to say that as many times as she's told me how to say her name, I'm still probably going to get it wrong, but I'm going to try it again. Dejal V. Patel. Is that right? Dejal, you're so Dejal. close. <laughs> so close. I know I'm not the first one to get that. <laughs> wrong. Um, so thank you for being patient. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm so good and I'm so happy to be here, Jill. Well, as you, I think everybody keeps saying this during these crazy times that we're in right now, It's I just feel like a broken record when I say that, but it's like the only thing that I know how to say to describe what we're in. I There's a lot of negativity out there and there's a lot of positivity too. And I think there's a lot of people that are in between. I am definitely working on my positivity and working on just training my mind. Okay. This is something that we're all in it together. We need to come ahead and we'll, we'll make it. So it was so great for me to run across what you're doing and what you have out because beyond what we're in right now, you are a source for so many people that they need for their lives forever. And so I'm talking about meditation. I'm talking about a positive attitude and I'm going to get into all of that. But first, let's get a little bit of a background on you and what has led to where you are today. Yeah. So I was a former divorce attorney. I specialized in all out-of-court divorce. Uh, So I did divorce mediation and something called collaborative divorce. And I did that for about five and a half years. And I, it was a very interesting time in my life because when you have, when you move from litigation to out of court divorce, you, when you have the husband and wife, both in front of you, it's a very interesting dynamic. You're part attorney, part therapist. And mostly all my clients had children and that's why they were attempting to do a amicable out of course divorce resolution. And so the interesting thing is you really come across and understanding the dynamic of the individuals when they're going through such a deep trauma and, you know, they very openly talked about their children and the stress that they were experiencing and, you know, how the whole process was affecting their children and, it was around that time I was in my mid twenties. I was really going on my own personal spiritual awakening and I was doing yoga and meditation and mindfulness. 
And I started trickling some of this wisdom in with my clients and they were, some of them really took it and like took the ground running and they really started implementing this. And some of this started sharing it with their kids. And really that's what sparked this light within me that, you know, what if children who are experiencing stress and anxiety at such young ages had this wisdom of meditation and mindfulness. And I think I deeply resonated with that because I was a child who suffered from childhood anxiety and low self-esteem and anger rages. And, you know, none of those patterns really go away. So I was in my mid-20s trying to heal those wounds and those patterns. And so I really had a deep personal connection to this. So I got certified as a kids yoga mindfulness teacher. We own, my husband and I owned preschools in the South Jersey area. So I started teaching uh, in the, the schools and it was some of the most rewarding work that I did. I did it for 10 years. And um, I really, when I started working with kids, I realized that in order for children to truly embody these tools and to carry it with them, not only now, but in adulthood, parents and teachers truly need to practice and reinforce these tools in the classroom and in homes. And so my vision really expanded. And about five and a half years ago, I started also teaching teachers how to infuse mindfulness and um, yoga. And we don't say meditation in schools, but you say peaceful pauses because it's <laughs> okay. you know, just politically correct. Um, oh my so, gosh, I didn't even know that. Yes, really? There's some, you know, some people have like a misconception around the word meditation. So we say peaceful pauses and breathing breaks so it doesn't ruffle any feathers. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So, um, you know, I started teaching teachers. And then 2014, when I was starting, when I was um, thinking about becoming pregnant and having starting my own family, I realized I wanted to get certified so I could teach parents this. Specifically, my clients are moms. So I'm a certified kundalini um, yoga and meditation teacher, as well as an Ayurveda yoga specialist. And so this has been a practice that now I've taught hundreds of parents and moms, how to infuse this into their life. And this book that I wrote, Meditation for Kids, is really a culmination of my 10 years of experience. But also, if anybody follows me on Instagram or follows my podcast, my five-year-old son is very much a part of this process. And he shares so children can understand. He does guided meditations. He talks about mindfulness on the podcast so that children can understand. Even parents. Parents love it because it's simplified and then they get it as well. So we've really made it and embodied um, this as a family practice. And that's what we are now trying to build this new movement of creating family meditation. And it doesn't have to be just parents and just kids separately. It's like we're blending the two. I have so many questions. So, 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 so many questions. And um, let me start with the kids because... One of the things, my daughters are three and one. And so with the three-year-old, big emotions, and I know you talk a lot about big emotions. And one thing that we try to do as parents, we try to really talk to her teachers and, and make sure that we're all on the same page. What do you say at school so that we know what to say at home? We want to keep it all in line. And when she was about two and a half, those two, two and a half, those big, big emotions Mm. that, (laughs) yes, Yes. those were coming out and they're still there. But one of her teachers at the time said, and I have brought this up on 
other episodes, and it sounds so silly when you say it out loud, but she said one of the things that you need to do is you need to talk to her like she's a human being. And that sounds ridiculous because you're like, she is a human being, but we do this thing where we talk. We don't feel like we can talk to their our kids because they don't understand or they don't know. Mm. And she said, you as a parent, they get it. They're going to listen to you and they understand a lot more than you even realize. And so we talked about the deep breaths and she said, whenever there's something happening, you tell her to have a calm body. You tell her to take a few deep breaths. And then you explain to her, once those things happen, then we'll talk about our feelings. And so when I started looking at your stuff, I realized that that's what you're doing And you're making it even better. And I think that that's one thing that parents aren't doing all across the board is you see that your child's acting up and you automatically like, you need to get in line. I mean, they have emotions just like you and me. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think you're, you're the way that you're describing, you know, when we think of like our children's big feelings, their meltdowns or like, especially like when you're talking about that age two, three, you know, I a lot of times parents will ask me, you know, we try the deep breaths. We try, we try all that, but in the moment it just, it's just not registering or they're not doing Mm -hmm. it. And so they think that, oh, it's not working or they're too young or they're not capable. And so I want parents to kind of have a new perspective on this. So, you know, when you tell your child, would you tell your child, you only have to brush your teeth only when you have chocolate? Would you tell your child Mm. that? No, we wouldn't tell our child that, right? We'd be like, you have to brush your teeth every single day. doesn't matter if you have sweets or not. It's just a part of taking care of your body and your teeth. So when people think of meditation for kids or they think like, you know, deep breaths and I'm taking deep breaths or, you know, helping them calm down those emotional regulation strategies, we think we have to think of the meditation is the daily brushing. It's just the daily hygiene that we have to do to help build that consistent practice in your child so that it becomes a habit. Your child will know, I have to brush my teeth every single day, twice a day. Like it just becomes right. innate to them. They know that. And so there's not much of a jump when you're teaching meditation to kids. It's just the same thing is that we have to take a we have to brush our brain every single day by meditation to keep yucky thoughts and yucky feelings away. And that's how I explain it to kids. It's just like you brush your teeth, just like you wash your body, you brush your brain to keep yucky thoughts away. Oh, yes, yeah, so you make it very, very playful. Like, so they understand. And isn't that so much easier for parents to also like our brain can kind of wrap our head around it without it being so daunting. It's like, right. yeah, it's just, we just brush our brain. It's that daily hygiene. And then I want I want parents to also look at, okay, so that's what meditation is. Now, meltdowns. Meltdowns are your cavities. Cavities are those rare, very painful like experiences that you have. And you need a very skilled like a dentist to be able to help you alleviate your pain. So we have to think of ourselves. There's a different skill set that parents need in the moment when a child is having a meltdown. And it kind of breaks down to three things. It's the being able to attune and to connect with them. I really understand you're really feeling sad. Like it's just that emotional connection that they feel like you get it. I heard, I'm seen, like my feeling is not like being, um, you know, pushed away or it's not being fought against. It's like, I see you. And then the limit setting is happening, right? It's like, 
All right. So, you know, it's still like we're holding boundaries. We're not being permissive parents, but it's the connection has to happen in order for that ability of that like power struggle to stop or to even for to stop it to even begin. And then it's the limit setting. And then after your child is what I like to call like in a green brain state. So they're like completely calm. They're in a state that they're able to receive and hear you. That's when the teachable moment or the problem solving or the solution seeking kind of happens. And so a lot of times like we think like we have to like address the issue right then and there when the problem solving, like for me and our family, a lot of times I save that to the end of the night when there's more intimacy and then you bring it up like, hey, you remember when that happened late earlier today? Let's, and then that's like the time that like we come up with like different solutions, like when they're in a different state of mind. So red brain is like when they're in the fight or flight, they are not able to hear you at all. And then yellow brain is when they're starting, like that's the brain that you can start like maybe even asking them, let's take some deep breaths to calm down. Like a lot of times in the red brain, like when they're in fight or flight, even if you say like, let's take a deep breath, that might trigger them even more to like break Mm -hmm. down. So you have to be aware of what, what brain state and what their ability, like where they're at. Um, and especially at the age of two and three, like my son is now five. So even when he's like really upset, he now is aware that he's like, it doesn't get to the place where when they're two and three, where it's like, he's upset, but he's like, He'll like start really, he's like, okay, I'm like, he'll try to calm himself down and take the deep breath. Mm. So it's really amazing how like with the consistency, even at the age of, I would say around four and a half to five, he made that shift and he's like able to recognize, okay, my head engine is feeling overwhelmed or my heart engine or my belly. And this is like all techniques in the book. And he's like, okay, I need to, this is what I need to do. So it's really not that far-fetched to, to, to help our children do this. And I think that's a good way of looking at it, the meltdowns well, and the meditation. If you think about it as an adult, I mean, if, if my husband tells me to calm down mm. in the middle of my red, Forget there's going <laughs> to be more red. But when you just get to that green and you sit down and you can have a logical conversation. It's the exact same thing. Yes. It's the same. Our brains all work the same way. You know, the brain, when, when we're in a highly over like stimulated state where our reptilian or like our fight or flight, the amygdala is turned on, it's completely disconnected to our prefrontal cortex. So, and that's the same thing with kids. It's their regulation of their emotion center is not working at that time. It's 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 a uh, it's out for lunch, <laughs> right? Well, and I think that that's going back to what some of the parents think when their child's having a meltdown, and they think that if they're out and about in the public eye and that happens, and when you start to talk to them, people are like, "Oh, they're just being so easy on their kid. They should be yelling at them, and you know, whatever else." And that's just completely different. That that's doesn't help your child at all. Now, helping your child is talking to them and understanding their feelings and their emotions and and then figure out what's happening. Of course, we don't need to even go into the if things continue all that, you know, but I'm just saying I I feel like sometimes when you do take that time to actually reason and get down on the level with your children, maybe some people don't understand that, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I I think, you know, there's a there's a new paradigm of parenting that's really kind of unfolding with our generation. And I think there's the authoritarian, there's this new like conscious parenting and mindful parenting model. And then there's people who are kind of like in the middle. And, you know, I think that there's no like right or wrong parenting model, but there is a shift in parenting that's happening. And when you're when when you're trying to understand and be empathetic and be respectful and trying to be mindful of your emotions and your stressors and your triggers and also trying to understand your children and try to help them raise their emotional intelligence. I think this is the new kind of like paradigm of parenting that we're kind of in. Yes. And we're trying to find what kind of works for us because we I can I can't say 100%, but I want to say that, you know, 98% of us have not been raised like this, or this is not the parenting mm-hmm. that was modeled to us. So we are the first generation of parents who is really embodying this more conscious way of parenting. And that's one of the things that I have continuously talked about um, in multiple episodes. Like, I don't want my girls to have some of the self-esteem issues that I have or the anxiety that I have. And if this meditation book is going to help with that and the practices, then I'm all for it. I don't understand why anybody wouldn't want to help their kid in that way. So going back to being an adult, I think meditation I know I'm guilty. I've tried meditation apps. I've tried reading books and I just feel like I can't get it. Like I don't understand. I don't get the process. How am I going to be able to do this with my child or even teach it? So I think that there's something there. There's some sort of disconnect that I'm hoping you can help me with that. I feel like such a broken record every time I say life is crazy, but it's really the only way I know how to describe what's happening right now. I am very inspired though by small businesses and the way that they're adapting and the way they are helping their community and their neighbors. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Blondin Real Estate and what they're doing. So, you know, some people have to move. Some people have to list their house because their job is taking them to a different city or or whatever it may be. And you're probably thinking, wow, I wouldn't want to be in that situation because we're under a quarantine. I wouldn't let people in my house. Well, that's where virtual real estate comes in. And Blondin Real Estate, they've been practicing that for a number of years. So they're the pros at it. It's all about a safe private showing. It's all about virtual. It's all about adapting. And it's also all about making sure you are completely happy. For your real estate needs right now and in the future, blondinrealestate.com. Yeah, I I love this question. And this is like one of the most common questions that I get. And so, you know, that's a very, very common question that I get. Like, I don't meditate or I've tried meditating. It's so hard. So how is my child going to learn how to do this? And so I think the first disconnect that happens is that my qualm with mainstream meditation is that it's not fully complete and doesn't give the right steps of like what you're supposed to do. So when we think of meditation, the quintessential meditation, we think of, you know, sitting quietly, focusing on your breath, taking de- deep breaths in and out, try that with the purpose of trying to, you know, watch our thoughts flow by and try to clear out our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so this form of meditation, this mindfulness form of meditation where we're trying to clear out our mind is a form of passive meditation. And so 
passive meditation is what I refer to as the CrossFit of meditation, because there is very much many benefits to that clearing out your mind, trying to release all thoughts type of meditation. However, you would never tell someone who's never worked out a single day in their life, hey, go to a CrossFit class. Oh. Because, yeah, so could you imagine that? Because no. they would fall fat, flat on their face because mm-hmm. they don't have the endurance. They don't have the stamina, even mental ability to really, truly persevere through a CrossFit class. So it's something that they have to build up to. And so, you know, there's so many different types of meditation out there, but they do fall into these two different camps. This is the passive meditation, and then there's active meditation. Now, active meditation is the meditation has a mental anchor right inside of the meditation. So it gives your mind the ability to focus on one thing. So it's much easier to focus your mind on one thing instead of nothing, like focusing on your breath and then just trying to like hope that the mind will clear out. And so right. when what I did my kundalini yoga and meditation training, one of the most fascinating things that I found was first, a lot of the meditations were only three to five minutes. And a lot of them were not even like the quintessential meditation. You're either doing a specific breath work or you're doing a mantra or you're placing your hands in your body in a specific way so that energy can move. And so active meditation is like uh, guided meditations where your mind is focusing on mindful listening, on listening on the words. Or there is um, a mantra because you're planting a specific word into your subconscious. So it's giving your mind an anchor point. Um, Specifically, just doing one yoga posture is also can bring your mind in a meditative state. The idea is that when you focus on one thing, automatically your thoughts will, without any effort, will start to slow down. Your nervous system will start slowing down and your body is going to start learning how to efficiently um, manage the energy in itself without much focus. So when you're focusing on something, it's training your body to slow down and tap into that parasympathetic nervous system. And so when we're teaching, teaching children and when I teach beginner parents, uh, the idea is, is that you're focusing on active meditation. So there is movement in it. There's, um, certain affirmations. There's so everything that I teach in the book, I really wanted to move away from like the cutesy. I mean, there's all the meditations are cutesy, but they're not like watered down meditations. Everything is rooted in the ancient yogic wisdom um, and Ayurvedic wisdom on how to actually release your stress. And so there's different, um, you know, according to Ayurveda, there's three different types of stress that we experience, mental stress, emotional stress, and physical stress. And what the fascinating thing is there are different breathing exercises and different yoga postures that help you when you're anxious versus when you're angry or frustrated. There's different uh, breathing techniques. So when you're feeling sad or lethargic or burned out, there's a different set of tools that you need. So the whole generic take a deep breath that we are kind of like been taught is not the complete version of what's going to help you feel better. Sometimes it might make you feel better, but sometimes it doesn't. And so what I really designed this book to be is like teaching children at a young age, uh, what are the right tools? Like when my mind feels like 
it's noisy, like a noisy, busy city or feels like a howling hurricane wind, what is the tool and the breathing reset that I do? I do a windy windmill breath. Or when I'm feeling my body's overheating, my heart engine is overheating because I feel angry, frustrated, or jealous, I do sipping strawberry smoothie breath. So it's very playful, like how you're teaching Mm, children to create these connections. But it's very, like also children learn through play and stories, but so do grownups. Like we learn through metaphors and analogies. So that's why it's the easiest meditation book for parents because you're learning the right tools at the right time when to do it. Ah, so I'm going to benefit while doing this with my daughters. Yes, because I've made it really simple. Like I broke it into chapters of like when you're feeling anxious or your mind is over, like overwhelmed or you're worried, this is the chapter. These are the tools that you can call upon versus when you're feeling angry, you're having those big feelings like angry, jealousy, frustration, um, impatience. There's a different set of tools. So it's broken up in that way. So you'll know when your child is feeling an emotion, what are the specific tools are going to help them? Or when you're experiencing something, what's going to help you? Okay, so I have the book, and I guess that that was my next question. Going into the chapters, we don't have to read it in order. We find the emotion that we need, and then we practice that. Is that how you envision this? Yeah. So the way that it's broken up, there's five chapters. So the first chapter is called Rise and Shine. So these are all exercises and they're all different dynamic. There's there's um, active meditations, but there's trickling in of passive meditations because when you and your child, once you get a practice of active meditation and you're learning how to train your brain to slow down and you're learning to control it, then you start trickling in that passive, that quintessential, like sitting quietly, taking those deep breaths, that we think of when we're meditating. And so the first chapter is all about exercises that help boost your energy. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be just in the morning, but typically in the morning, those are the tools that we need, right? We're trying to wake ourselves up, open our mind to feel more mental clarity. So that is um, the first set of tools, but you can use them anytime. The second chapter is about focusing your mind. So a lot of parents ask me like, how do I teach my child to sit still and focus? Well, this is kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg type of thing. (laughs) It's like, you know, (laughs) it's like you can't like children, the whole idea of like paying attention, focus and concentration is not a skill that comes innately to them. Yes, they, they have moments where they're like totally in the zone and they can be so mindfully present, but learning how to focus and sit still is a skill set that we have to teach them. And meditation is such a powerful foundational tool for them to learn how to sit still and to focus. So the exercises in chapter two is anytime your child is feeling anxious or um, worried or nervous, like all those mental stress, like all those thoughts, like overthinking, those are the exercises that you can use for that. Chapter three is opening your heart. So emotional stress resides at your heart space, which is the big feelings like anger, frustration, impatience, jealousy. So that chapter is for that. Chapter four is one of my favorites. It's because this is about teaching your child how to harness the power of their mind through visualization and tapping into their intuition and learning this, the learning how to embrace silence. Um, so these exercises are whenever they're in a playful state, you can infuse these practices in there. And then the last chapter, relaxation and stillness, 
is a great practice at nighttime because it's helping them okay. slow their mind down, slow their body down and prepare to, to relax. So um, what I like to say, because parents, the next not logical question is, do you do it in the morning? Do you do it in the evening? A lot of times, like when that comes up, I'll ask, I'll ask parents be like, so do you in your schedule with your children have like on your schedule, like, okay, 5pm every single day, my child needs to take a bath? No. No, right? Because life life is flexible. Like, yeah, we like we say like, okay, it's easier to do it in the evening or it's easier to have the bath in the morning, but life has different seasons in it. And so that's the same thing with meditation for ourselves and for kids. Don't get caught up in the rigidity that I have to do it in the morning or I have to do it in the evening. There's practices for any time of day. The idea more so is making it a habit so your child knows I brush my brain mm. for one minute every single day, whatever it may be. And when you're building the practice, don't even focus on the minutes. Just focus on let's take three breaths. Let's take five breaths. Let's try seven breaths. Like It doesn't matter the time. It's just that consistency and that habit that we're building in their mind. Okay. Before... I wrap this up with you. So like I said, my oldest is three. Is this a good time? I mean, is she going to benefit from it or should I wait? This is, in my experience, uh, three is actually the prime time to start trickling in these practices. And um, I've actually been just personally with both of my boys, like, you know, when you teach the ABCs with your kids, you start off with songs. Yes. You start off by bringing Mm -hmm. the words in their vocabulary. At this young age, you are like meditation and brushing your brain and taking deep breaths. Um, you know, instead of saying like, be careful, we say be mindful. Like these are simple ways of starting to infuse these words into their subconscious so that it's part of your normal conversation. And then three is when you can start, um, you know, there's an exercise in the book called yummy yucky, which is like one of the primer example, like primer exercises that you start off with. That's how you start saying like, which one of your engines feels yucky? Does it, is it your head, your heart, or your belly. And that's teaching them very early age, like which one, um, which feeling is associated to what stress type. So in, I actually, um, to help parents know like exactly what in each age range between like two to four, four to eight and eight plus, like what to teach, what are the exercises to do? I created a supplemental course to this book called the Meditation for Kids Masterclass because I know with my clients, they're always like, just tell me what I need to do. Just give me the roadmap. Like I don't have time to figure this out. And so I really made it super, super simple, like short videos that tells you this is the exercise you do. Like when your child is in the age range of three, uh, two and a half to, to four, this is what you start off with. Four to eight, these are the exercises that you start off with in the right order. And then eight plus, what do you do? And so, yeah, this is actually the best prime time to build it. Oh, well, I, I definitely need this in my life. She needs it in her life. What a great time to start practicing this, especially, you know, so many of us are at home and this is, it gets a little a little suffocating in some spots. So this is good for everyone to practice. So 
I want to go through it. I want to make sure that people know how to reach you. I want to make sure they know where to get your book because the book is out now, Meditation for Kids. You also have your podcast, Time in Talks, and you have a special promo code for the Kids Can Meditate course. So let's give the listener all of that information. And it will also be in the show notes online at jilldevine.com. But right now, tell me where everybody can reach you and get your stuff. Yeah. So the book is available. It's uh, Meditation for Kids, 40 Activities to Manage Emotions, Ease Anxiety, and Stay Focused. You can get it anywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, IndieBound, BAM. Um, the easiest way is you could even go to meditationforkidsbook.com and um, you can purchase the book. It'll direct you where to purchase the book. Um, the course information, um, it, you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com and the promo code to get 50% off the course um, until May 21st is Kids Can Meditate. Um, yeah, my Time and Talks podcast is a great place. Um, there's great episodes that you can list with, listen to with your kids. I'm very, very active on Instagram. My handle is Thajal V. Patel. I do a lot of videos with my son where he, we do guided meditations from the book um, and just like great great tips, mindful parenting tips. And um, yeah, I really look forward to connecting with you guys. Um, and oh, last one last thing. Um, because of the whole like pandemic that's happening, I was supposed to have live book launch events in May, which are now postponed. So on May 9th, um, I'm doing a national online book launch event. Um, and so you can reserve your seat right on the meditationforkidsbook.com site. Um, it's going to be, I'm going to really lay out all the, the the burning questions that you have and really ease all your insecurities and fears and skepticisms about, you know, teaching meditation with your kids so you'll really feel empowered about taking the next step. And you know what's great is what I see different people doing to accommodate their lives with this virus that's happening. And to you could easily just say, I'm shutting it down. But no, you have this amazing book that's going to help so many people and you're still going to show up and, and do this live. And so for that, I think it's amazing. Now, I'm going to joke around back to the very start of this. I'm going to spell your name for people <laughs> to follow you on Instagram, T E J A L V. P-A-T-E-L, and that's also .com for the mindful parenting tips that she has for you. Um, and again, I just encourage everyone to treat their kids like human beings, which sounds so ridiculous to say, but they have emotions. They have big feelings. They just need to talk about it and they have to learn how to talk about yes. it. And we're here to, to guide them from the side and, you know. We don't have to be the guru and the know-it-all. We're just there to learn alongside with them. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you nothing but the best. And I will keep you posted on how things go in this household. And again, all of the links and that promo code for the course can be found in the show notes at chilldevine.com. Stay safe. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and if you're feeling really generous, write me a review. And don't forget to join me next week for a new episode of Two Kids and a Career.